for our scripture reading, we turn to John. See, there's my apologies, there's a mistake. It should say John chapter 7. John chapter 7. The verses are correct, starting at uh, verse 14. A little bit of an explanation where as we're going through the book of Ephesians and uh, tonight in connection with preparatory we consider that exhortation a fitting exhortation be not ye therefore partakers with them uh, after speaking of the those that walk in the ways of wickedness and it says be not ye therefore partakers with them we're to be thinking of coming and partaking of the Lord's Supper. And we're to be turning away from sin. We're not to be partakers with them. Uh, and so we see how that text in Ephesians 5 uh, appropriately goes with the subject of preparatory. But also as we right now anticipate, Lord willing, on Friday gathering together for a Good Friday service. We also uh, you know, we have this year the Lord's Supper falls on uh, Resurrection Sunday. So at the same time that we have the Lord's Supper, we're also having our mind on uh, the sufferings of the death of Christ, Good Friday, uh, before, and, and then also on when we partake of the Lord's Supper, thinking of the, of the resurrection. Well, tonight in preparatory, I read from John chapter 7 that speaks about the speaks about and the division that there was among the people and that there were those that were trying to lead the people away from Christ and when the book of John sets that out in a number of different passages it brings out how there was this opposition there was division among the people and you think of what it'd be like to live in those days and hearing Christ and having those tell you, no, he's a deceiver. Don't, don't you be following him. And we see how that goes with the idea of not being a partaker with them. Don't join with them. They may be trying to persuade you, join with us. And yet we're, we're not to join with them. We're not to be partakers with them when they're directing us in the wrong in the wrong way. And we start at verse 14 of John chapter 7. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keepeth the law. Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered and said, 
Thou hast a devil, who goeth about to kill thee? Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me, because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Howbeit we know this man whence he is. But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am. And I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he hath sent me. Then they sought to take him, but no man laid holds on him, because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while, and I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go, that we will not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this, that he said, Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. And came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? 
But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus saith unto them, He that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him, and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. And then we turn to the two verses that we consider in Ephesians 5. start reading at verse 3 and then read from verse 3 to verse 8 and the text is verses 7 and 8 starting at Ephesians 5 verse 3 but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be once named among you as becometh saints neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks for this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, which is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. And then the text we have tonight. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, the passage that we read of here speaks of uh, the dangers. You know, we're very conscious of physical danger, of bodily harm. If there's something that might happen that would harm us from a bodily point of view, we're, we're much on our guard. And we're also on guard with regard to our children. And especially when our children are very young and are not aware of a number of dangers. We're constantly watching them and trying and to make sure, looking around to try to make sure that there's no dangers, that they might, something they might get into, something they might fall into. We're very concerned, rightly so, about, about bodily harm. We recognize the scriptures also speak to us about our, our spiritual foes. And about how there were those that are going to try to lead us in the wrong direction. And you can look at that from a number of different points of view. On the one hand, you can look at it from the viewpoint of fornication that is promoted all around us. The world is constantly trying to get us and to get our young people to have thoughts of fornication. And also to have some, also today, to have thoughts in the, uh, in the direction of homosexual kind of sins. 
There's all sorts of ways in which the world will try to get its message across to us and to our children. And today it's so easy for, for our, our children to hear what the world is saying. On the one hand, they could be alone in their room. So it seems, you know, they're, they're by themselves. And yet they can be connected and communicating with a variety of different people, the things they can be watching, the things they can be reading, the things they can be listening to, directing them in the wrong direction. And we and our children are warned not to, not to join with them, not to be partakers with them. And we warn our children, we warn the young people here, and we also as adults have to be on our guard. The battle continues our whole life. And we must constantly be engaged in that battle and turning away from sin. We also recognize there's danger in the sense that there's those that would try to lead us in an, uh, from the viewpoint of churches, in the church and in churches, that there are those that would lead us in the wrong direction, just as it was in the days leading up to uh, the death of Christ, going in the days before the death of Christ, what it would have been like li living in that time. From the viewpoint that those who were referring to Christ as a deceiver, so if you follow him, you're following one who's deceiving the people. And hearing people talk to you and using that kind of language and trying to persuade you, don't join with him. Don't be following that him and those that are following him and stay with us. Join with us. We have those that will be directing in the wrong way. And there may be those that they talk about the word of God and yet they really are hating God's people. And what was the, did we see how that was the case, that Jesus spoke to them about how they weren't keeping the law. They were striving to, they wanted to kill Christ. So from that point of view, too, we've got to constantly be on our guard. And this passage speaks to us about that danger. Let no man deceive you with vain words. The wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Let me see how that applies to preparatory. We're to examine our own sins. Think of the curse we deserve. We're to come as those who are genuinely sorry for sin. We're to come as those who are purposing to show true thankfulness to God in our life. But those, and there's the warning. We read the preparatory section, a warning about those that are walking in these, in these sins and then listing the different sins, that they would come and partake. We notice also in this text that it not only 
We're not only considering the verse that says, be not ye therefore partakers with them, but also the next verse after that. Ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. And that word of comfort and encouragement. God brings to our, bring, or speaks out to us what we were. We see what goes on in the world. And God says to us, now ye were sometimes darkness, but now your light, your light in the Lord. You're God's children. We're to shine as lights in the midst of this world. We're to remember what Christ has done. We're to have our mind on what Christ has done. We are to come to the Lord's Supper with our mind on the work of our Lord and Jesus Savior Jesus Christ, his work for us and his work in us. Walk as children of light, the exhortation that we're to show forth in our life, our thankfulness to our God, walking as children of light. We consider that in the third place. So we look at this text under the theme, be not partakers with them. We consider the warning. Secondly, the contrast. And thirdly, the, the walk. First of all, with regard to the warning, and we, we see and understand the need for that warning, we understand that the danger is that we not be fighting against our sin as we ought. Sinful lusts, Covet thoughts of coveting, sinful coveting, sinful anger, thoughts of thin, sinful anger and envy or desire to get back at someone. These thoughts come up in our mind, and that we don't really turn from them right not right away. We think, well, I'll, you know, I'll turn, I'll turn in a bit. We can uh, be just having sinful thoughts. And not turning right away the way that we ought to. And it's kind of postponing the turning from it. And after a while, we'll, we'll then, then we'll turn a little bit later. And it's not that big of a deal, so it's, we easily can deceive ourselves. Because we're, we're going to turn. And we're going to ask for forgiveness. We're not turning from something as we ought. And then it can get worse. There can be sinful talking about things, not only thinking about things, but sinful talking, foolish talking, filthiness, foolish talking, mentioned in verse 4. Or there can be times when we joke about something that we shouldn't be joking about. Somebody might say, oh, I was just joking. There's neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting. And as far as time goes on, that can get, that can get worse. There can be more so that we are thinking angry thoughts or fornic thoughts of sinful sexual sins. And we're warned that we not start moving, that we not start going in the direction of those of this world. Sinful man is darkness. We're aware of the fact, well, this is what the world does. Yes, sinful man is darkness. 
And it says you were once, when it says you were sometimes darkness, it brings out sinful man as darkness. And we've been talking about that, the nature of man. Not just that he does bad things from time to time, but that his nature is corrupt. He really is like the devil. That really is true of the natural man. That he's like the devil. Given to covetousness. Many wouldn't even view covetousness as being a sin. Taking something from somebody. You know, but not, but not covetousness. Well, covetousness is mentioned in verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Well, many would think coveting isn't even really a sin. You just can't take it. But we read of it as being idolatry. Sinful man is darkness. And those that walk in sinful ways and don't turn from them, the judgment of God will come upon them. We're aware of what the devil said years ago in the garden. Ye shall not surely die. Well, that same lie, that same idea, the idea that the judgment's not going to come upon you. If you walk in this sin or that sin, you know, there's not going to be it. There's not going to be a judgment of God upon you. We're warned here that it and said, let no man deceive you with vain words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. We're to see the judgment of God. They can seem to be so happy. They can be giving in to all sorts of sins and partying, and they seem to have such an enjoyable time. Yet God, we see how they're going deeper and deeper into sin. The judgment of God is coming upon them already now and will also after this life. We are not to be partaking with them. We're warned about joining with the the, the false church and with the anti-Christian world power. In fact, when you look up references to this idea of partaking, there's a verse that speaks about Babylon in Revelation 18. And then there's this voice that says, come out of her. Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. And so we recognize, too, with regard to those, and there are those in churches that are going in the wrong direction, and they would lead us to join with them. Now, we are to be faithful witnesses to those who depart from the truth. 
yet we are not to, we're not to join with them when they direct us in the wrong way. And of course, there's degrees in which one goes the wrong direction. And our creeds speak of that too. And our creeds speak of the, you know, our creeds make a distinction between what's called the true church and the false church. And gives a description of what would be referred to as a church that's actually false. And that we are to stay, we're to stay away. We are not to join with them. We're also not to join with those that are leading us the wrong way from a doctrinal point of view. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Now there can be a sinful anger. And in the book we read, the passage we read in the book of John, brings out that in the days before the cross, there was this, this anger and this hatred. And eventually there would be the crucifixion of Christ. But there were those that were saying that they were people of God, would say that they were concerned about the law of God, the word of God. And yet they were against Christ. They were against the truth of the word of God. And you see repeated references to that in John chapter 7, John chapter 8, John chapter 9, John chapter 10. It's quite striking to see the different references to that. John has these rather long conversations between those that were opposed to the truth that he spoke a number of times with those that were rejecting the word of God. And John, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is recording the opposition, and seeing what was, what, was, what was happening going forward towards the, the cross and how they were in their anger. And now Jesus knew, Jesus knew that they, they wanted to kill him. And God's people were not to listen to them and not to join them in their murderous, with their murderous intentions. We're to turn away. We talked about fornication. Well, there's also murder. And we're not to side with those and to join with those who in their speech and in their conduct are showing, uh, giving into that sin of sinful anger murderous thoughts. The kingdom is shut against those that walk impenitently in sin. Lord's Day 31 speaks about the kingdom being shut against those who do not sincerely repent. Unbelievers and those who do not sincerely repent Sometimes people will say, well, how sorry do you have to be? Well, we do desire to grow to be more sorry. And we look to God for that. But the question is simply whether or not one is genuinely sorry. Or whether one is not genuinely sorry. 
kingdom is shut against somebody who is not sincere, who is not sincerely repenting of their sin, not really turning. And there are many that don't. And we are not to join with them. And that's the idea of not taking part in, not being a partaker with them. We are not to join with them. We're not to join with them in their wicked deeds. We're not to be silent. You know, a phrase where in our creeds where that idea of being a partaker comes up is when we talk about the third commandment, you recall when it says that we're not by our silence, the connivance, we're not to be a partaker of those sins in others. It makes a reference to a silent partaking. We're supposed to speak against it. We're not to tolerate such blasphemy. We're to speak against it. And... <coughs> That's an example in our creeds of, you know, not the warning of not partaking of their sins. And then the scriptures here don't just say don't be partakers, but then it brings out the contrast. <coughs> and, and says quite comforting words to us, reminding us of that what we were and what we are now. We were darkness, but God has set us free. When we say, when it says we were darkness, one may wonder now, how can it say ye were darkness? Because we still have a depraved nature. Well, that's true, we still have a depraved nature. Yet it's the case that we're not in bondage. Christ has died, set us free. He's redeemed us. He's reconciled us to God, and he delivers us from bondage. We're warned not to let sin reign. We're to fight against our, our threefold enemy. But God tells us that we've been set free. Ye were darkness. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now we're light in the Lord. God is light. Christ is light. Christ is the light of the world. God is light, and we are God's children. Pastor says, ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. It speaks of us as light, and as children, children of light. We're children of God, and God is light. God has enlightened us, and he causes us, he has, he has worked in us, he's given us a new heart. We have the beginning of the new obedience. We bear the image of Christ We're righteous and holy. We have the beginning. And we are to shine as 
We are to shine as light in the midst of, in the midst of this world. God even calls us, Christ even calls us the light of the world. That's quite something. Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world. And he is. He's the light of the world. But Jesus also said to you, to us, in Matthew 5, ye are the light of the world. And it's the same phrase. It's the same phrase. The light of the world. That's used to refer to, that Jesus referring to himself. He then speaks to those who are in him. Ye are the light of the world. And we are to shine as lights in this world. That's Philippians 2.15. And to show our thankfulness. Show our thankfulness to our God. It brings out the contrast between what we were and what we are. And that we confess that it's all of God's grace. You know, that's part of the, that's part of the second part of self-examination. When we examine our own heart, whether we believe. Do we believe this faithful promise of God that all of his or our sins are forgiven us? But it doesn't just say that. It doesn't just say that we're to believe the faithful promise of God that all of our sins are forgiven and then end there. But it also brings out that we believe the truth that we're saved by grace alone and that our salvation is unconditional. Because it says that all our sins are forgiven him only, only for the sake of the passion, that's the suffering, and death of Jesus Christ. And that the perfect righteousness of Christ is imputed and freely given him as his own, and so on. And you and I are to examine our own heart whether we believe that. Whether we believe that faithful promise of God, that's the second part of self-examination. The first part has to do with examining our own sins and the curse that we deserve that we might uh, abhor and humble ourselves before God. And then the second part has to do with examining our heart whether we believe that faithful promise. When God tells us, don't be partakers with them, you may wonder, if we're light, if we were darkness, and we are light in the Lord, which is true, then why does he say that? Because we're not like them anymore. So why does he tell us, be not ye therefore partakers with them? When we consider a question like that, we can divide the answer into looking at it from the viewpoint that, course there are going to be those that hear the word of God who really are children of God and then there's going to be those that are continuing to walk impenitently in sin 
there are going to be those of the world who may be with, located where God's people are, and they're continuing on impenitently in their sin. And then this text speaks about the judgment of God that comes upon the children of disobedience, and yet they just continue on in that, and their judgment's the heavier. And they're warned about coming to the Lord's Supper while walking in sin, and if they do, they do it anyway, they're not turning from sin, and then they come to the Lord's Supper anyway. So God speaks of their judgment being the heavier. They're looking at it now from the viewpoint of God's people who are sorry for their sins. You know, why, do, why do we hear an exhortation like that when God tells us we are light in the Lord? Why tell us not to be partakers with him? We know we're not, it's not the case that we could do something and then we would lose our salvation. As children of God, we don't go through each day with the thought that we could commit some horrible sin and then all of a sudden lose our salvation. We know that God will preserve us. We know if we do walk in sin for a time, we know that it's, it is the case that God's people have sometimes turned and walked into sin, walked in sin for a time, and that God will chasten us if we do that. And we see repeatedly references to that in Scripture, and we know that ourselves. We're thankful that our Heavenly Father in love chastens us. When we see what goes on in the world and we see the judgment of God that comes upon those that walk in darkness, God tells us that and points out to us, do you see what they're doing? And do you see the judgment of God that comes upon them? And the scriptures repeatedly speak to us about the judgment of God that came upon those that went in the direction of wickedness. And that we're to see that and we're to despise our own sins when we see ourselves doing the same things. That we're to abhor ourselves and humble ourselves before God and ask for mercy and to turn away from that. That we see how it's displeasing to God and the judgment of God that comes upon them. And we're to despise all uncleanness and we're to see how God speaks of these murderous thoughts and the judgment of God that comes upon those that continue to walk impenitently in those ways. And we're to turn away from that. See that sin in ourselves and turn away from it. We're to fear God. Revere the holy God who is our Father. Turn away from sin. Turn away from sin to God. And ask for forgiveness. And we're to come to the Lord's Supper as those who are purposing to show true thankfulness to God in our whole life and that we've laid aside unfaintedly, genuinely, all hatred and anger enmity, and we're firmly resolved to walk in true love and peace with our neighbor. We're to examine our own conscience regarding that, whether 
we're purposing to show true thankfulness to God in our whole life. And we are resolved, firmly resolved, to walk in true love and peace with our neighbor. And you see how that leads into the third part, the third point. It's the third part of self-examination. The third part has to do whether we're purposing to walk in that way. And now we turn to that, you know, what that walk is. God tells us what he has done in us. He speaks about the word of God for us, the work of Christ for us and his work in us. And then he exhorts us. He not only tells us what we're not to do, but he also tells us what we are to do. Walk as children of light. Let your light shine. Let others see your good works that are done out of thankfulness to your God. That God addresses us as his children. In this passage, we see how scripture, scripture addresses, is addressed to the children of God. And it tells us that we're to imitate our, our Father, who is light. He is light, and we're to imitate Him. We're to walk as children of light. Our desire is that our life be more holy. That we walk apart from this world and that it be manifested in our speech, in the words that we say, the things that we talk about, the things that we won't talk about, the things that we'll speak against, and the things that we delight to talk about. That we delight to talk about the works of God and we delight to speak words that are kind and loving and encouraging and comforting to one another. God is love. And we are his children. And we're to show love for one another. We're to think of how Christ has shown his love for us. We're to show our love for one another. God has work for us to do. The son of righteousness. God is Christ is called the son of righteousness. S-U-N. We're familiar with that. In, in Malachi. The light has come. The son of righteousness. And when the light comes in the morning, you think of how there's, there's time to work. It's time to work. We've got work to do. And... We're to shine forth as lights and to show forth our thankfulness in our conduct, the things we say, and it should be evident in the conduct, in our conduct in the workplace and in our homes. It should be evident that we love our God. That it should be evident in our, in our family life. That our thoughts are on the things of God and that that's 
why we do what we do and why we don't do the things we don't do. That has to do with what God has told us to do and what he's told us not to do. You think of if you were following Christ in these days and as you went around with him, how it would have been so evident that he's doing what his father has told him to do. And that he's always conscious of what he is to do and what the Father has told him to do. He's God. He's also a real righteous man. I mean, you talk about him from the viewpoint of his humanity. Obedient. He was obedient unto death. And we are constantly to do what pleases our gods. We're to show our thankfulness. And we're to come as those who are purposing, purposing to do that. And to come to partake. You know, it passage negatively says don't be partakers with them the word partake is often used in a positive way worthy partakers of the Lord's Supper where God says that all those after it goes through the three aspects of self-examination it says all those then who are thus disposed God will certainly receive in mercy and count them worthy partakers and now partakers of the table of his son Jesus Christ We're not to be partakers with them. We're to come as those who are looking forward to partaking, as those that are counted worthy partakers, partaking of the table of God's Son. Partakers of Christ's blessings. Partakers of the heavenly meat and drink. That's a phrase that's found in our Lord's Supper form, that we eat and drink heavenly meat and drink, that we're partakers of the new and everlasting covenant of grace. We're partakers of Christ, of his righteousness, we're partakers of his anointing. And our call is to show forth our gratitude walking as his children that others may see and it may be evident in our life that we are imitating our Father. May we come, Lord willing, a week from today as those who have rightly examined ourselves as those that remember the calling to examine ourselves. 
that it isn't that we hear about this and then not give it a second thought and simply come a week from today and haven't examined ourselves, but that we come as those who have examined themselves, who are sorry for their sin, who do abhor themselves and come humbly as sinners and who do believe the faithful promise of God and are so thankful for their salvation and who are purposing that they lay have laid aside unfaintedly, genuinely, the sinful anger, the sinful hatred, that they're resolved to do what God says here. So thankful to be his children, children of light. May we come and may we be counted worthy partakers of his son. May we be nourished and strengthened. May we glorify and praise his name and express our thankfulness to him for our redemption in Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Our Lord, our God, and our Father, we're thankful, O Lord, for thy grace. We're sorry, O Lord, for our sins. We think of the dangers that there were in the days past. We see the dangers in our own day. And we have a sinful nature. And Lord, we confess our sins with sorrow. And may we be strengthened by thee, heeding the warning that thou dost give to us in the passage that we've read that we may not be partakers with them. We're so thankful that we are thy children, that thou hast called us out, thou hast separated us unto thee. And may we, in this week, be remembering thy word and examining ourselves as we ought. Lord, grant us that grace. Pardon our many sins and deliver us from evil. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.